Hello and welcome to the Our Wisdom podcast. I'm Geeta Sundaram from Goa, India, and I'm here to talk to you about all things business, politics, and culture. Thank you for joining me. In this edition of the Our Wisdom podcast, we will be discussing leisure, work, and the COVID economy. should be the month for summer holidays in most parts of the world but this year covid-19 has put paid to all that speaking of holidays i have been reading the theory of the leisure class by thorstein webber and it got me thinking about the covid lockdowns and how the pandemic might have changed lives for many of us to start with the lockdown gave a lot of us more leisure time on our hands or did it work expands to fill the time as the old saying goes and i suspect it was the same during covid-19 from what i read i gathered that most people had to cope with a lot more than they ever had to during the normal course of their lives especially young parents working from home who had to attend to their children all day in addition to their own work and household chores besides with school classes going online as well most parents had to spend time with their kids in online classes too in his book Thorstein Veblen talks of the leisure class being born out of a sense of ownership. He doesn't mean ownership in the Marxian way of defining capitalists through the ownership of the factors of production, but rather ownership that derived from who they were in society. Classes of people belonging to government, warfare, sports, religion and higher learning were owners, i.e. owners of a privilege bestowed upon them while the rest belonged to industry. as workers who toiled for a living and provided for the rest of society as you'd expect some of this ownership in the early barbarian days also included owning women as chattel and slaves the covid crisis has brought into sharp focus the divide between those who can work from home and those who cannot the former are in a sense owners of their own time and space and constitute the privileged few those who can't are the toilers farmers factory workers public sector essential workers and healthcare personnel certainly the way migrant workers in india lost their jobs overnight as the covid lockdown was announced and had to walk thousands of miles to homes in their villages is an illustration of how the leisure class operates with no thought for the consequences that workers have to put up with Veblen also talks of how the wealthy leisure class developed the trappings of their privileged status hobbies intellectual pursuits and social gatherings to name a few that enabled them to indulge in a higher life with the leisure they enjoyed I can think of many that did indeed dabble in some of this during the covid lockdowns using the time to pursue interests that they previously might not have had the time for of course it is technology that is enabling this again a luxury not available to many of the working class and the poor while the leisure class was pursuing the higher life it found that it also had to keep acquiring the accoutrement that went with the higher life in the process indulging in what veblen calls conspicuous consumption from vestments to cuisine preferences to owning vehicles etc everything had to make a social declaration of your status 
Well, that is one aspect that the COVID pandemic has certainly taken away from our lives while allowing us an illusion of more time and freedom to pursue our interests. Consumption demand during the epidemic has fallen sharply, and especially in the purchase of discretionary goods and services, the kind that Bedman would have included in conspicuous consumption. And entire industries have been devastated by COVID, from airlines and automobile companies to hospitality and tourism. That brings us to the subject of work and jobs, or the lack thereof, which we shall discuss after this little break. We're listening to the Owl Wisdom podcast on leisure, work and the COVID economy. Next, we'll be looking at the world of work during COVID. COVID-19 lockdowns might have given many of us the illusion of more leisure, it has certainly had a more tangible and real impact on work. Unemployment has soared across the world, and those economies more dependent on the worst affected sectors are the most adversely impacted. Those more dependent on non-WFH industries are also worse off. Interestingly, in a chapter titled Industrial Exemption and Conservatism, Thorstein Veblen writes about how the wealthy leisure classes ordain the world to be shaped in a certain way through its institutions. Here he means institutions as systems of thought and behavior. But what he writes has implications for the way the world of work is organized. He notes that the leisure class has its interest primarily in preserving the status quo, and that is where its conservatism derives its strength from. The true innovators, therefore, are the workers in Veblen's analysis. He believes that they have every interest in striving for better ways to achieve progress, while the wealthy are opposed to innovation because they are resistant to change. While that might have been true in the late 1800s when Veblen wrote his book, I find it interesting that he should make this observation, because Karl Marx, who wrote Das Kapital three decades before Veblen's book, thought that the capitalist owners would impoverish the working class to death by investing more in technology and reducing workers' wages to next to nothing. I thought Marx missed out on the innovation factor in his analysis, in the sense that he failed to anticipate that better and improved technology would also require workers to become more skilled and better trained, improving their chances of earning higher wages. And indeed, for many decades, technology and workers progressed in tandem, with improved productivity as a result and workers gained as well. Until the arrival of information technology, that is, when technology and workers' wages started to diverge, when wages began to reflect what you knew and not what you did for a living, there arose a whole new class of knowledge workers, as Peter Drucker called them, who by virtue of their superior IT education, knowledge and skills commanded significantly higher salaries faster career paths to growth, and were the ones spearheading innovation. 
Therefore, I believe that Weblin's innovators have changed in the information technology age. They are the knowledge working class, privileged, highly educated and skilled workers who don't work with machines to produce goods, but with information to enable faster, more accurate and better production of both goods and services. And with the arrival of 3D printing or additive manufacturing, even this has been automated with a precision nobody dreamt of before. The arrival of the internet has been the next stage in this technological revolution, putting unprecedented power and influence and money into the hands of the tech titans. They are the new masters of the universe, who with their influence, money and power, control the thought and behavior system of today and tomorrow, i.e. they are the owning wealthy class who are also innovators and are shaping institutions in ways governments have yet to wake up to. While the COVID pandemic has seen millions unemployed or furloughed across the world, it has also hastened the world of digital technology. Companies and governments are only too tempted to adopt more digital technology as a way of doing business during the pandemic, but also beyond it. All this doesn't augur well for the workforce. Many might have used the COVID time to take up higher learning through online classes in order to upgrade their skills in the hope that it will land them better jobs when they do get back to work. Thanks to all the liquidity pumped in by central banks around the world as a response to fighting a COVID-related recession, the capital markets have also rebounded and are rallying for the greater part. This too strengthens the hand of the wealthy leisure class and works against the working class. As has been observed by many economists, including Thomas Piketty, in his book, Capitalism in the 21st Century, there have been around three decades of larger shares of income going to capital and not to labor. And while globalization has been blamed for the loss of manufacturing jobs in the Western world, the fact is that it is technology and automation that has dealt the biggest blow. No political leader, however, will square up to that fact because it would be an admission of complicity. In a strange and ironical way then, Karl Marx, who didn't anticipate the role of technological innovation, is seeing his prophecy come true in the digital age. The world is in for even more turbulent times and what is required is steady, even-handed leadership in business, in government and in all spheres of life. We can begin by containing the coronavirus epidemic. Thank you for listening to this edition of my Owl Wisdom podcast and I look forward to seeing you again next month. Until then, it's goodbye from me, Geeta Sundaram, with the wish that you stay well wherever you might be. For more Owl Wisdom, read my blog, peripateticperch.com and follow me on LinkedIn and Twitter.